I don't I don't know much about it, but I'll try. <laughs> well, you've got a testament from two weeks ago, right? A testament. Yeah. I didn't read the Bible. Are you waiting you for lift a... it? You lift it up on the mountain. Oh, you could just talk about it. Yeah, you had an experience. Dan was waiting for the budumts. <laughs> a podcast about bourbon and the ones who drink it. This is Bourbon Matters. Welcome to Bourbon Matters. I'm Jake. I'm Dan. And I'm also Jake. And uh, today we aren't drinking anything in particular, uh, but we did have two of the three co-hosts uh, traveling to some cool places in the past month. Um, so we want to talk about how traveling and drinking whiskey and being with people and shit like that is is fun and enhances the experience <laughs> such a great intro <laughs> thank you this yeah you can tell us is going to be a great episode <laughs> thank you jake <laughs> you know all the fluffy shit yeah <laughs> yeah but no we did uh the past couple of weeks dan and myself have been traveling a little bit um so we got ahead of ourselves not, not together no 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 i would never we go would, we would never that, do dude. that just so that's clear Definitely that would not. never happen okay um but yeah obviously our, our travels kind of revolved a little bit around whiskey dan brought out some mini bottles with him to drink in some pretty epic places and i visited some distilleries overseas uh went to Torreveg and isle of sky in scotland and then also got to check out uh, Jameson, Teeling, and uh, some other places in Ireland. And I don't know, Dan, where did you go? I was in the western fjords of Norway. All right. Which the the most shocking thing I think I found out about Norway is it's not a big drinking culture. And I just thought Vikings and mead was going to be everywhere, but it's it's definitely not. It's no. What, do they drink? Uh, you see a lot of aquavit out there. No. So not. I I was. That's, I wanted to drink some, but like it wasn't even served at restaurants. The only thing that you really, really? had for elk, yeah, the only thing that was really on the alcohol menu list was, was lots of ciders, lots and lots of hmm. ciders. Um, Interesting. Some some wine. Uh, the first night we ate in a restaurant in Bergen, and they had Glen Farkless Fifteen, which is like the only really decent whiskey they had there. But otherwise, it was mainly the. Uh, cider wine and not much for spirits um surprising in a place where it's dark out like two quarters like half the year when i was there it was barely dark it was it was sun that would set around one in the morning and oh yeah you're in the 30 so the all day time right Yeah. yeah it's uh yeah aquavit is kind of their big thing around the holiday season uh but they don't have it there they don't there's not, there's no public drinking in Norway. So technically, every time I had a sip of whiskey somewhere, I was breaking Norwegian law. And you're a rebel. You can only buy alcohol at certain stores that are designated to sell alcohol. So like, you can't get mm. it at a grocery or a corner store. You have to go to certain stores. And the areas we were at, their hours were like six hours during the daytime, and we're mm. out on trails all day. So never got to really go experience too much. Uh, so for That's the people that aren't uh, worldly, 
What is Aquavid? It is a distilled spirit, mainly from potatoes. Oh, okay. uh, kind of more of like a vodka style thing. Well, so I thought like America just passed um, official definition for it, and the number one uh, d- flavor profile had to be coriander. Did it? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, they, think, they put some spicy things in there, and that's why yeah, when they drank around the holiday. But the main spirit itself was mm, out of potato. It's it's kind of like almost like a better tasting malort because um, it's just with like spices, but like it it doesn't taste great, but it doesn't taste as bad as malort does. Um, okay. And yeah, it's 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 kind of a tradition in some of those. Uh, like I know Sweden, it's pretty big. I thought in Norway it was big, it, but I guess it's not. big in Norway. But just um, around the holidays, the only place okay. I saw it was at the duty free leaving the Bergen Airport, and they mm-hmm. had like a hip flask plastic bottle for twelve dollars or something. And I'm like, that's not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. I'm it's sure it's. I'm sure it's if it's if it's actually from locally out there i bet you it's not bad but yeah um, i did look yeah. there are a few distilleries there so they definitely make it there and they just uh mead would be distilled i believe too tech kind of maybe not i don't know no 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 um, meads fermented yeah like, fermented it's like beers. yeah like a beer but um honey beer yeah. or like a wine yeah. it's like a wine yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah that's interesting i would have thought that scotch whiskey would be a lot more prevalent out there um but no. I guess no whiskey at all, huh? No, I mean, I didn't go into, we, we stayed, the only night, we were in Bergen for the first night and the last night. Otherwise, we were in a small town out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and like, we stayed on the main harbor in Bergen, and it's where the big fish market is. And I, there was two guys from Ireland that were on our trip, and there was a, like a Irish-style pub and an, a Nashville-style bar, like <laughs> right by our hotel. And both of us are like, no, not going in those. <laughs> not going in those. So, but yeah, that was the main. That was that was the most shocking thing to me was how little. I and mean, even at dinners, you didn't see a lot of people with a lot of alcohol. And if it was, it was a glass of lo- glass of wine or a cider. So, hmm. um, it was kind of shocking, kind of disappointing. But it is what it is. It's interesting. Now, yeah, in I mean, contrast to that, I think Jake saw the. Total I was going to say where I went was the total opposite, um, and we were we were actually in a very remote part of Scotland. Isle of Skye is pretty large, and they only have two distilleries. Uh, Toraveg, which is where I was out there visiting, um, had just opened up in 2017. So um, that's the second distillery to open up on the Isle of Skye since Talisker did in 1830. Um, so it's kind of a big deal for not only the island, but also Scotland and Scotch whiskey as a whole. Um, but yeah, we, we had the complete opposite everywhere you go, like these tiny little hole in the wall bars that look like they're people's houses have 200 bottles of scotch. Um, and then they might have like maker's mark or Jack Daniels for American whiskey, but that's about it. Um, so a completely different culture out there and one of the most amazing places I've ever traveled to, um, just for, you know, how beautiful the scenery and mountains and everything are. And, uh, it was, it was very cool to just live in a scotch dominated world for a little mm. bit. Um, cause we're so used to bourbon, bourbon, bourbon here. Um, so that was kind of cool to be somewhere a little different. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I would I would highly and, encourage people to look up pictures of Toraveg 
if you haven't, because I mean, the, the campus is absolutely gorgeous. Um, not to take anything away from where Dan went, but uh, it's <laughs> definitely the, because the, I think I think you might have me beat on that picture where you're hanging up over the stone, over the river yeah. with the two mountains on the side. Yeah. But um, as far as distilleries go, Toraveg is by far the most beautiful distillery I've ever been to, um, hands down. No, nothing even comes close. So, yeah. Nice. And, and you, you can't compare sceneries. Like I get, I've done a decent amount of adventure travel now. And whenever I get back from a trip, everyone always asks me what was the best place, what was the most beautiful place. Everything it's, I can't compare them side by side because they're all completely different. And there's also much that goes into these trips that make each experience different. Now, I will say the most epic things I did and some of the most epic things I saw were in Norway. Um, but I mean, even looking at your pictures of Scotland, it, Scotland's on. There's some hiking trips in Scotland that are on my list that I've looked at. Uh, that look just just as crazy awesome as as what I just did. So. Yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things too, where you're just in the moment, and it's how you feel at the time that you're there, um, which I guess is a good segue into how what you're feeling in the moment and everything around you, your environment can affect what you're tasting in a whiskey, as mm -hmm. well. Yeah, and, and Jake R always tells me that I don't vacation right because I <laughs> I spend a I spend a week vacation where I am pushing myself to about the limits of what my fat ass can do on a mountain <laughs> um, and not laying on a beach. But it my whole thing started and I we talked about this once uh, so I don't spend too much time but when I was in Patagonia uh I finished the longest most or I was only halfway through the most brutal hike I've ever done in my life. Uh pushed myself farther than I ever had. And we got to the top of this mountain and we, it was seven and a half miles in and we just went uphill 3,200 feet. And I was, I was, uh, breathing heavy to say the least. And our mm -hmm. guide was up there and he said, well, something I've always done that someone did to me once was they brought whiskey and chocolates up. So I brought whiskey and chocolates up if everyone wants to have some whiskey. And I don't know what that whiskey was. I can't even read the bottle. It was some problem. It was a plastic hip flask again, some cheap ass crappy whiskey but i had just had my ass kicked for a better half of six hours on a hike and it could have been malort and i probably would have liked it it felt it tasted so good but i was in on top of this mountain a beautiful lagoon behind me the tallest mountain uh, in patagonia on the horizon and just like the the feeling of getting to that point and being at a spot where i never thought i'd get to in my life or push myself that hard to do and being able to enjoy it with whiskey. And this was right as I was just starting to get into whiskey. Uh, this wasn't Dan. This was Dan 2019. So before the massive collection started. Uh, but it was just one of the coolest feelings and experiences. And it made everything worth it at that point. Um, and when I got done, that's kind of what I've taken with me on my last few trips is I take my shooter bottles over with me a different stuff. And when I get to some of these beautiful places, I like to stop, check out the scenery, have a drink and make it worth it and then the whole group uh gets to know that i've quickly that i i take this whiskey with me and uh the most majority of the group's always in way better shape than i am and when i'm getting to the end of the climb every time when i've gotten to the end of one of the, my, the most difficult climbs i've had someone goes dan you're almost to whiskey and then that just gives <laughs> you that last little that last little ump of oh god it's right around the corner and then you get there and it's just like I can't tell you tasting those of any of the whiskeys I've had in these places. It's for me, it's the 
be in this beautiful spot in nature, uh, enjoy a nice sip of whiskey, and then I I share the bottle around. Uh, yeah, so it's because it that. doesn't it doesn't matter, right? Tasting notes at right. that point don't matter, and that's why when you're truly evaluating a whiskey, you need to do a blind tasting because mm-hmm. everything around you is going to impact what you get out of that whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was I was telling Jake a couple weeks ago when we were kind of talking about maybe doing this episode that I take wild turkey 101 with me everywhere I go to travel because I know it's consistent and it's good and the minis are pretty inexpensive um, and it doesn't you don't need the most epic bourbon to make it a good trip and have a good time like if you're in a good place and you're mentally in a good state um, whatever you're drinking is going to taste great yeah um now, and, and the other thing, too, is like we'll, we'll talk about your little uh, tasting place where like you were out there with a full Glen Cairn and everything. Uh, I'm usually yeah. with a plastic shooter bottle and it's just a quick it, it's for me, it's a quick <laughs> up and back. And then, I mean, there's usually 10 to 3000 feet. And yeah. Then, then there's usually 10 or 12 people. And so I don't want to be a jackass and drink the whole thing to myself. So I'll share it around. And it's fun because. On these trips I go, I meet 10 strangers from around the world. Um, and outside of America, Ireland, Scotland, some of the western part of Europe, uh, it's not nearly as big and people don't have a ton of it. Um, and sometimes it's their first sip of American whiskey or American bourbon. Um, so I like to, to pass it around and everyone gets to have a little bit and it's always fun. That's, yeah, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Building community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is uh this memories. Is, this is gonna go down in history as the nicest episode ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll be back next week shitting on you. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> buckle up. Um, no, that's cool. That's that must be fun to kind of get people's first reactions and share it, you know, with, with people in a special moment in a special place that haven't tasted mm-hmm. American whiskey before. Um, I'm sure you get some pretty interesting reactions, but if I was, if I was hiking some of those intense hikes that you do based off your pictures, I wouldn't have a Glencairn with me. I would just pack a little <laughs> mini of yeah. plastic bourbon. Um, but our hike was just uh-huh. kind of like a 10, 15 minute, put the wet boots on, walk through some water and mud and you know, you're there. And I also did it for the marketing purposes to shut out gold <laughs> eagle of course so yeah <laughs> yeah this is so this is the first trip i've gone on since i started working at whiskey acres as well um so i took a bottle i took a 375 bottle out and i i took my glass gem which i kind of is my favorite one from whiskey acres and it's also the probably the worst one to take out there because we're not going to have any for a, a while mm-hmm. uh, so now that's gone uh but uh we had the night or the day we hiked on the glacier that night after dinner, I held a whiskey tasting for our group. Um, and two guys from Ireland, whiskey fans, uh, shocker. Of course. Uh, the, uh, a couple of the people from the States were whiskey fans. The Australians had never had it. Um, and the one girl came and she's like, she's like, look, I've never had whiskey. I'm probably not going to like it. Mm. Are you going to be mad if I don't like it? I said, no, it's completely fine. I said, that's why we're going to do a tasting. So just, a lot of times you're working with people or even some of the people from the States don't drink a lot of whiskey or don't drink whiskey. Um, so it is just a simple, all right, first sip, just get enough on your tongue so that it burns and you hate it and then give it a minute and then take a second small sip and then a third small sip. And it was funny because the girl from Australia 
that was most concerned was the first one that went to the second pool. Mm-hmm. That's usually how um, it works. So it was, it's, it's one, it was you either to... absolutely hate it or you want more. Right. And, and even she, like I wasn't going through tasting notes or anything with people, but like after her third sip, she goes, Oh my goodness, I can taste the grain in this. Um, like, I'm like, yeah, so we get, we get you through the shock of it and you get into it. Um, cause that was, I think that was one Oh seven or one Oh nine proof. I can't remember. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was fun to do a whiskey tasting with random people outside of a beautiful lake surrounded by mountains um, and have some good feedback and some good experiences with, with the group. And uh, always, always fun. It's, it's, and it's those moments like that on these trips. Like I, I take pictures, I mean, of course I take pictures uh, to remember it by, but like the experiences that I have with the group, with the whiskeys, with some of the things I do on these trips are the things that stick around more than just seeing this beautiful epic landscape so i think you need a promotion to global bourbon ambassador (laughs) i I tried i i'm trying to get i pitched it there's probably you guys probably don't sell outside the states uh we don't sell outside of illinois right oh Oh, illinois and nebraska oh wow illinois nebraska wow um so my idea was i transferred through iceland which is my favorite country i've been to by far there's a volcano going off right now. So I said we should try something new for a gimmick of have a lava charred barrel. So just send me out with an empty barrel, uncharred. I'll take it, backpack it to a, to the lava field, get some lava in there to char it, and then we'll take it back. That would be a I don't $5, think it sounds like it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, so I, I'm pitching that. I don't think that's going to go over well. Yeah, no, I don't no. think so either. <laughs> Just melt the whole barrel so, instantly. So uh, you, like you said, you were at uh, Torvag, Jake. Yep. Um, and then uh, did you go to any other distilleries while you were in Scotland? Not. I mean, we passed by a couple. So Torvag, uh, we went and stayed with them for a couple nights. And then they drove us around a little bit. So we spent like five to six hours in a car, um, just kind of checking out the scenery. But we we passed by a couple, but not as many um, as you might think. But yeah, just dotting the countryside everywhere. No, it's so remote. <laughs> like, and I mean, I guess, so I was asking the guy who was driving us around, like, because I would have thought we would have just saw a distillery on distillery on distillery. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just certain parts. And the same thing with golf courses. We were shocked that we didn't really see many golf courses, like one or two the whole trip out there. Um, but there's just certain areas in Scotland where there's a lot of golf courses, certain areas where there's a lot of distilleries. Um, and once you get up north to like the Isle of Skye where we were, it's so remote. Every house is spaced, you know, 100 yards apart minimum. Um, and they're tiny little houses on the countryside, very hilly. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to explain through words. I mean, this was my first time over in Europe since I was like 10. So for me, it felt like I was on another planet. Um, but yeah, just like, just how remote and far off you are from civilization, um, is, is pretty wild. And then for it to be so beautiful there too, at the distillery, um, and they still get 30,000 visitors every single year. So it's still kind of like a, destination that's, i would say I, I just left that that's funny that, that's a lot of people um and it's crazy because that is way easier to get to 
than Troll Tunga, which you, I, I did, a, I climbed a cliff to get there. Uh, but well, you can do a that's hike. a little different. I'm talking like the average person but can go I, here. I know, but and... they, but the crazy thing is, Troll Tunga has gotten so commercial, or not commercialized, but so popular from Instagram and things mm-hmm. that they're expecting eighty six thousand people to visit Troll Tunga this year. And the quickest way to, or the easiest way to get there is a eight mile round trip hike with like. 1800 feet of elevation gain that's crazy and i mean that's and it's like man you can just drive to torvik if you don't like to to hike just drive to torvik. well that that's a pretty remote <laughs> uh example too and pretty yeah. remote location and i mean thirty thousand is nothing if you're talking about any major city in the u.s or in europe mm-hmm. um but just just for how remote this area is yeah if you if you've been to isle of sky um, you would probably think 30,000 is a good amount of people coming just to see this one distillery um, because yeah. how far off it is from everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's I'd, crazy I'd that like they're to able get to get everything out cool. there. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty cool. And that able to so, be so to maybe talk about the distillery a little bit, since this is a whiskey podcast, um, <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's cool about the distillery is they're so remote that they couldn't, they couldn't, they didn't have any distillers when the distillery started and their option was to either pay someone a huge sum of money to relocate, move to the Island and become a distiller, or just try to find someone local that wants to learn. And they put out an ad in a newspaper and hired nine distillers who none of them had distilling experience. They trained every single one of them. Um, and now they basically have nine distillers taking shifts. And when they're not distilling, they're doing, uh, you know, gardening, uh, mowing the grass, uh, working in the cafe. Like it's an all hands on deck kind of operation. That's how far out remote they are. Um, so it's a very cool thing. I think what they're doing and, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's a story to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Kind of really, uh, is the essence of drink local, right? <laughs> drink local, but also, you know, explore. And I was, before we recorded this, I was sitting outside uh, on my back porch and I said to my girlfriend, I was sipping on some Tora bag and I said, this makes me feel like we're back on the island at the distillery. Mm-hmm. And that's just another thing that whiskey kind of does is it, it takes you places. It brings back memories mm-hmm. of certain places. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's just another point to add in about how how your environment and what you're tasting what your all your senses are feeling at the moment um kind of plays into a role on why whiskey is so cool and uh why we're here talking about it Mm -hmm. well and it's fun too because it's like when i'm taking these when i'm taking my even when i'm taking these little shooter bottles places it's the this whiskey already had a four year plus journey to get to where it was mm-hmm. and now it's halfway around the world um before it goes in my belly which is the best place where i like it <laughs> yeah. but um it, it just adds to it's that, that little bottle's journey and it's just kind of a fun experience and it's something that i'll i'll always continue to do even when i get to the point where i'm not doing adventure travel anymore um i'm still gonna take it it's, it's fun and i know jake r you the last time you traveled you took some whiskey with you yeah, uh, when my wife and I went to Tahiti, I brought a bottle of Knob Creek um, that I think was a Gold Eagle pick. Um, it might have even been our Gold Eagle pick. 
Oh, nice. I don't remember. But yeah, I mean, that was nice. Um, that's more my speed is sitting on a beach sipping whiskey <laughs> rather than climbing a mountain. But, Time in a place for every uh, vacation, you know, but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, uh, finally have my new deck done. Uh, so this weekend I sat out on my deck drinking whiskey and it tasted pretty damn good out there too. So <laughs> it always tastes better too, after you accomplish something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's my, my two biggest passions anymore have been whiskey and, and this adventure travel. So it's fun when I get these moments of just combining two, two different passions together. And again, it doesn't matter what the whiskey is. I usually take some, try and find some decent shooter bottles to take out there. Um, more or less, because I know I'm going to share it and it looks cooler when you have a nice miniature Willet pot still bottle versus a plastic, uh, Elijah Craig bottle, but to each its own. Uh, I still take plastic Elijah Craig bottles out there. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a pretty cool mini to take. Yeah, Elijah Craig. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. So it's it's a uh, it's fun, but it's it's just nice to be in these remote places and and enjoy a whiskey sip. And and like I said, I I enjoy sharing it with people. And I was never. It was funny because I was mainly just planning on keeping it to myself because. I've done a couple of these last trips post COVID, so you never know how things are going to go. But everyone's just oh, pass the bottle around. Sure, here we go. We yeah. beat COVID anyways because we're America, so that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it's an important point that, like, um, we've talked about this before, but uh, sharing with with people, creating experiences and memories, you know, is like a big part of drinking whiskey. Um, and like, uh, the like hoarding culture around some, some allocated whiskeys and and things like that, I think is, you know, very like detrimental to that aspect of drinking socially. Um, and like, I, I think it's something that's supposed to be done with friends, with family, you know, or strangers like Dan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> likes to do but you know, like I, you're even doing uh a little bit of god's work there spreading bourbon across the world so you're kind of like a bourbon missionary <laughs> yeah trying to be that's a great title for me by the way <laughs> bourbon missionary. um but no that's that's actually a good point i completely agree i think uh you know when you go to somebody's house and they open up something really special and share it with you that's something that you're going to remember for you know for a long while and um when you if you're at somebody's house and they you see they have a collection of bourbon and they don't want to open anything for you it kind of runs through your head like oh well what are you saving it for you know i'm not i'm not good enough to drink this with you um but fortunately i don't know about you Mm -hmm. guys but i know most of my friends um everyone is all about just sharing and that's what whiskey's about you know enjoying it with each other making memories and the the better the whiskey you have while you do that kind of just plays into a factor and enhances the experience yeah definitely. I, I, I could see from my point of view if i'm at someone's house and they have something nice and they don't want to open it for me it makes a lot of sense <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna hold it against them i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know whatever but like why why are you displaying these you know if you if you're just gonna look at them, if you don't want to open them, right? Yeah. 
That's yeah. why I like Dan, because Dan will always whip out something impressive just to make everybody think he's pretty that cool. Gem. That's you're not the first person you're not the first person to say that, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> I phrased that exactly <laughs> for, for you to make a joke, so <laughs> I'm glad you took advantage. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh I'm not too partial to any bottles. Um really at all. So and the the more I drink, the more I the more I pull out, so that sounded bad too. Yep. Two in a row. <laughs> there Jeez. you go. Let's keep you drinking. <laughs> <laughs> the, I will say this Calumet's tasting really good tonight. What is that? What, yeah, what so, year? Well, this is a whiskey podcast. Ten, right? It's just a so. ten year. <laughs> um I've had, I got this one at one of Sam's tastings a while ago. Um Is that the, the blended the, one? It's the ten year, yeah. It's a fifty barrel blend. The blue um, top. The blue top, the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, for what it was eighty bucks or something for a ten, mm-hmm. which isn't horrible by today's standards anymore. No, it's good. Um, all the all the Kelly Mets are kind of good examples of age, right? Um, because mm-hmm. do they have anything younger than a ten? Do they have? They, an eight year they do have an eight yeah, year. They do. Yeah, um, but no, I, I, like it's. 80 bucks isn't a cheap whiskey by any means, but for most stuff that's coming out that's 10 years or older, it's good. a lot of it's way more than, especially newer brands are way more than 80 bucks. Um, just a nice, yeah. it's, it's, I don't understand this because it says Kentucky straight bourbon on it, but I thought it was, some of this is sourced. Well, it can still be Kentucky but straight if the, bourbon. If it's, as long as it's blended in Kentucky. Yeah. It has to be from one distillery. Gotcha. So okay. if you buy the barrels from one distillery, blend it, and don't blend in other Kentucky distilleries, you can call it Kentucky straight bourbon. Gotcha. Okay. But no, um, it's yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Barton, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty sure. Uh, okay. They're they're owned by Western Spirits, which is them and Sam Houston, and are the two big names. Mm-hmm. Under and there. it's it's usually very nutty. Kind of like the Barton profile, yeah. unless it's some kind of no, it's got to be because Bardstown Bourbon Company, or or I mean, it says Bardstown on the bottle, right? Yeah, I should have read the bottle before I had some. I just know it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually don't say on the bottle. No, well, I know on some of the older no. bottlings they said distilled in Bardstown, so oh. that's why everyone assumes no, this Bar- uh, Barton. Yeah. Well, I totally lied to my friend this weekend because I told them that they were distilling themselves. Sorry, Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, don't they, don't they, quote they, me a hundred percent, but yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they're distilling. I thought it, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. sourced. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's got a little bit of that nuttiness to it. But it's which I mean, I mean could be you get a lot of too. But the rumors are Barton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's good. I think it's. If you like aged whiskey, um, you were looking for something different for eighty bucks for a hundred proof. It's pretty darn good. There, it says small batch and it says fifty barrels on there, so that I consider that a small batch. There's a lot of things that say small batch on the label that some of them come in a tube, and I guarantee you they're probably mm-hmm. thousand barrel small batches. <laughs> but uh, no, it's 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 an enjoyable ten year old whiskey. Yeah. What are you drinking, Jake? Uh, I'm drinking some Torveg. I'm staying on theme. Uh, the distillery that I visited, it's the Alt Glen, which is their second edition. 
And uh, basically what Torveg is doing is they're coming out with six different editions until they hit 10 years old. And these six different editions are all about just experimenting with different casks, different finishes, um, then blending various ages together. Um, and then once they hit 10 years, they'll kind of be more traditional and just come out with a 10 year, 12 year, 15 year, and so on. Um, so a cool, uh, a cool little experiment here to kind of follow Toraveg along the way until they hit 10 years old, but they're kind of marketing themselves as having well-tempered peat. Um, they want to appeal to people who like peat and also people who think they don't like peat and kind of use themselves as like an introduction into the peated whiskey category. So I think they do a good job of that because um, you get a lot of like the those bright fruity flavors, but you also get a lot of those earthy, soily flavors as well, but nothing's like too offensive. It's very balanced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably my favorite scotch I've ever wow. had. It's, it's that's so something. excellent. Do you have any information on if there will ever be a gold eagle torbig um nothing yet we yeah, yeah we're, we're not ready to commit to a whole barrel um partially because we just took in a bunch of this torbeg partly because they they're they're so young they're only five six years old that they just don't really have a whole lot yet and they're kind of dialing in their different aging and finishing techniques um, and also to, to kind of piggy off of that, like, I know they're going to get into some really, really cool stuff. We saw a bunch of four square rum barrels that they were holding on to, um, that they were about to put some Toraveg into. Um, we saw a lot of, uh, two-year-old sherry barrels that they had custom just for themselves where they do like different toasts on the heads compared to, um, you know, the entire barrel itself. So they're, they're doing a lot of different experimentation. And then I think as the next couple of years go by, they're only going to get better and better and have better options for us to pick from. I almost bought you a single malt on my trip that wasn't peated, but it was smoked in a different mm -hmm. style. Where was it from? Iceland. There's a couple distilleries in Iceland. I would have probably paid you back for it. You should have just snagged it if um, you had room for it. Well, so so this, the one single malt distillery is probably the one I almost bought one from. Uh, I was going to buy you one more as, a, as a, of a joke. Um, but then it said it on the bottle, so I knew you'd figure it out right away. So the, the one single malt distillery seemed fine, but it's pretty pricey. The other one, and since they don't have peat in Iceland, the way they heat up the the barley to stop the fermentation process. Cow patties. Sheep patties. Ooh. <laughs> is how they smoke it. Uh, so if it didn't say it on the bottle, I was going to grab it and just give it to you and then tell you that you drank some of that was smoked with sheep shit. I, no, I would have um, still drank it and it, tried it. I drank pachuga <laughs> mezcal and tequila. But no, I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, Rob at Whiskey Acres, I heard of, heard of it. Uh, I didn't get one. Um, I did actually try. I feel like I've heard of that. I uh, feel before, like that's a thing. I don't know. I, I know. I know in Nepal they use uh, yak dung to heat houses, like burning it. But um, I guess I forgot. I did have one other single malt um, when I got back to work because when I was in. Um, uh, Norway, one of the owners of Whiskey Acres was in Australia, and he found an Australian single malt and brought it back. And it wasn't Starward? Um, Starward. No. 
Oh, uh, some it, it was I forget the name of it, but it was it was a three hundred seventy five milliliter bottle. Yeah, Australian and it was about one hundred and thirty dollars. Australian single malt's a big thing. Is it? It's not Cardona, is it? Or Cardona? I uh, was Cardona. Oh yeah, yeah, we we have some of that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was decent. So some of the some um, of those are ridiculous. Like we, I forgot the one that we have, but it's like a three year, hundred and thirty five proof. Um, and yeah, it's the same thing. It's like one hundred twenty five. This was for a three seven five milliliter. Yeah. Um, yeah, this was a very high proof. I remember that. And so um, I did just to kind of touch on the Australian whiskey thing. Australian whiskey is huge. Star Wars the only one until Cardrona that imports into the U.S. Um, and it's also a very hot climate. Um, so when we're talking like three or four year in Australia, it's kind of like Texas where that's about as old as they get. Um, I remember talking to the guy who started star Ward and, um, all he was talking about is after four years, forget it. Like the whiskey's ruined. Um, so just kind of another example why age doesn't necessarily always mean better as well. Right. Do they use new barrels or they use no, uh, mostly uh, they use wine, ex wine barrels. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a I think it was a PX. Yeah, because Australians like big for red wine. So Australia and New oh, Zealand, yeah. they do some Sauvignon Blanc barrels too. Yeah. Makes sense. Jake, what are you drinking? Like I, like anyone really cares, hmm. but what are you drinking? I am drinking Mossburn. Ooh. Uh which is a uh, like uh, sister so the parent, the parent, the parent company of Toraveg. Yeah, wow. the, the the company that owns Mossburn, which Mossburn's like their biggest and oldest whiskey brand, um, is the one who bought Toraveg and started the whole distillery. Oh, okay. So yeah, this is a blend. Um, it's Speyside blended. Uh, so it's not a single malt, um, but uh, Speyside, for people that don't know, is not peated at all. Um, so, but this blend is uh, what they call cask bill number two, which is reused American whiskey barrels, Oloroso sherry butts, and heavy char heads. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, they kind of reconstruct yeah. casks um like from pieces of other casks in order to age their whiskey uh, which is pretty cool um and i really enjoy this scotch um it's super flavorful and extremely well balanced um the the sherry doesn't really like scream the way it can and others um, so yeah, I, I really enjoy this one and it's pretty affordable. Um, so it's a, it's a decent option if you're afraid of getting into peat or you just don't like that smoke. Speyside scotches are really great. Uh, and Highlands are really great as well. Yeah. The, uh, the whole Mossburn, Torveg, uh, Castle Camus is also their other blending brand. Um, for the price, they're all phenomenal. I mean, they're all under sixty dollars mm -hmm. a bottle. Um, and Castle Camus having a twelve year and also a non age stated at forty dollars a bottle. Um, but yeah, really great stuff. There's actually some Torveg blended into that Mossburn that you're drinking, which is cool. Um, they started blending in a little bit of the Torveg single malt into the different Mossburn and Castle Camus blends with 
exception of the 12 Thanks. year because they're not 12 years old yet, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I think they're all wonderful expressions. And they also kind of are like the foregate when it comes to finishing techniques because um, you're absolutely right with that with that barrel. They reconstructed like a sherry butt, a toasted head, um, and a bourbon barrel or whatever. They, they do kind of different funky reassembles with different barrels. Mm-hmm to finish yeah pretty cool and like innovative Mm -hmm. concept um i think it shows um like i said extremely flavorful really well balanced um and affordable so it's hard to beat in the scotch yeah (laughs) it's a pretty good combo (laughs) oh i thought of one more thing about uh i was going to talk about with whiskey traveling Mm. um jake for a crisp for a christmas gift jake r not jake from gold eagle jake from gold eagle didn't get me a christmas i didn't day. really know you back um <laughs> where's my gifts for getting your uh, job at whiskey acres yeah <laughs> yeah um jake r had given me a christmas gift and it was a high camp flask so it's yeah. a it's a small little flask and it's double walled aluminum um and it's big enough to put a cocktail you could put a full cocktail in there with ice with the double walled aluminum, it keeps it insulated. Um, but then at the top of it, so the whole bottom of the flask unscrews, so you can easily pour stuff into it. Bottom goes on. Top has a small pour spot that comes off, and there's a magnetic cap on the top that you can use as your little. Yeah, oh, one of nice. those. Yeah. Nice and handy. Uh, and I've taken that mm-hmm. out hiking just locally a few times. And that is a great way to carry around. I don't put cocktails in there. I just throw some some whiskey in there. Um, it's a great, great thing to take out if you're just doing a small hike somewhere. Um, I, I, you know, I, I usually throw my lunch in my pack, and then I'll throw that in with a little bit of whiskey to take, take as well. And those that they work great. We're not. It's not a sponsored thing. It's just something that Jake no. got me, and I wanted him to know that I appreciate. We would gladly that. take be a sponsorship. Thing. We we would <laughs> gladly take high camp flask sponsorship. But, um, so the reason I actually picked this particular flask is because the bottom completely screws off. So if you are going to make a cocktail, you can actually fit ice into it and like dump it easily, uh, which is actually pretty cool. Um, It was like one of the only flasks that I've seen with that feature. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool. Um, And the integrated cup is really nice. Yeah. If like just for local stuff, like I like to have the shooter bottles when I go on vacation just to have the the labels on there. Uh, But when I've been doing some local hikes, I always take that with me and it's a fun way just to like just down at Starve Rock and things like that, you can take it, have a nice little hike, find a nice little space for lunch. I don't think it's legal to drink in a park, but who cares? Um, <laughs> have a sip of whiskey. No one's gonna. You're not getting drunk. You're having a little whiskey in a cool spot. So that's always it's in a flask. No one can doubt. Yeah, yeah, right? no one tell. So, <laughs> but that was the other thing I thought of. That I was gonna mention for if you're looking for to do something, you don't need to go anywhere crazy like I have to do once a year to keep my sanity somewhat in check. Um, that's a great way to take whiskey with you. Just some local places yeah. or maybe a kid's football game. Now that falls coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great idea, Dan. <laughs> Again, whiskey missionary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doing the work. <laughs> All right. right. Well, I guess the only other thing I, I mean, it's already sold out, and this is only going to come out a few days before the event. But we did have something exciting happen with Bourbon Matters. Well, it's Matters. not sold out. Who told you that? 
It said online. No, it didn't. I looked it up. It said uh-uh. sold out. Oh. No. Stop lying to the people. Yeah. Well, you guys can talk about it. Why I prove you wrong? No, but yeah, it is. It well, is. By the time this comes out, it could be. It could be, but right. yeah, it is pretty yeah. exciting. We we're doing a blind tasting sponsored by Bourbon Matters um, at Gold Eagle. So the whole lineup is comprised of uh, Jake's favorites um, and kind of his ideas, which is really cool to get another perspective into there. Um, and then we're going to be talking about the podcast and promoting the podcast, which is all about drinking and feeling like you're hanging out with a group of friends and enjoying good whiskey together. Yeah. I, it is I not currently some, uh, sold out. Yeah. No, I it is not. I don't know where you got that from, but yeah, I, I totally ignored your text we, earlier. Cause I was like, I don't know what the hell he's looking we at. We kind of put the tickets up a little bit last minute. Um, but they're, they're up there. We're a week away and uh, I think it's going to be a really good event. Yeah, I've got some cool bottles that we'll Mm -hmm. be trying. Um, There'll be eight pours. Whether or not that's legal, I don't know. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) um, I I picked out things that I think are going to be interesting and create some good uh, head-to-head matchups and just some stuff that I I think some some people probably wouldn't think to try. So uh, hopefully it'll get people at least thinking about you know, outside the box as, as to what's, uh, you know, they actually think they like or whatever, you know? Yeah. That's what I think is going to be cool. Try something new and something that I might not have thought to put in there. And actually I think two of the whiskeys I still haven't tried yet. I think. Oh, so yeah. Interesting. We're, we're getting, right. we're getting a good, uh, good new spin of things here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if they if they want to buy tickets, where can they find tickets for this event or any other of the great masterclass? GoldEagleWine.com into our events section or download our app um, and go to our events section right on there, and that's how you sign up. Yeah, awesome. follow us on Instagram, GoldEagleWine, Facebook, GoldEagleSpirits, and stay up to date every single day on what's coming in and what we have going on. And Jake, if people want to be one of the more than 5,000 people that have listened, listened to us ramble about nonsense. Round of applause. Oh, yeah. Urban Matters. 5,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 5,000 listens. Uh, last I checked, we were already at like 5,100. So thanks thanks to everybody that listens. We appreciate it. Um, we don't. We do this just because we enjoy it. We don't make any money out of this. <laughs> it's it's good to see say. that uh, some people actually, you know, enjoy it too. Um, but you can find us at Instagram at Bourbon Matters and Facebook. Search for Bourbon Matters. Uh, you can watch us on Spotify and YouTube, and you can listen to us on any podcast platform. And I think if they're not posted, if we just did them as stories, we can probably do a post of some of the unique places and pictures we have from whiskey drinking from mine and Jake's yeah, trips. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, keep an eye out for those uh, really, really cool pictures uh, that both of you guys got. Um, Dan's hanging off the edge of a cliff face drinking whiskey. So, you know, you yeah, gotta love yeah. that. That was fun. Yeah. We, the, the rock one, I, people told me to, so we have this place called Trolltunga and it's a outcropping stone that juts out over a thousand feet above the ground below it. And I had a sip of whiskey up there and everyone was telling me I needed to sit on the edge and have a drink of whiskey. 
no way in hell. No way in hell. I got within about five feet of the edge, and I'm like, you know what? This is my comfort Yeah, zone. I probably would be this right is where with I feel you. safe. <laughs> I, I was not – like, when I was on the side of a cliff, it wasn't nearly as far down. It was a couple hundred feet down. But I was clipped in on a harness and a carabiner. That, you were just one, – one slip and you're hmm. done. done. Nope. I'm staying away from the edge. Not going there. Not going there. All right. So. Well, we're glad you made it back, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. See you next time. See you soon. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.